1: To start winning.
2: Aaron Rodgers looking for Devante Adams. Who's got it? DJ Moore has a pass to the end zone. Jonathan
0: Taylor touchdown. Pass is caught. Six.
1: Touchdown. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Road Overtime on Road Radio, brought to you by Blue Iron. My name is Colin Kelly. You can follow me on Twitter over Overtime Ireland and I'm joined as always by Sean Siegel here as we get ready to move towards you know full progression into week 11 of the season we didn't mention it, Sean on Monday's edition or Tuesday's edition of the show sorry but we'll give the listeners a peek behind the curtain I guess as we get in just you know we, we hear the injury reports in the NFL every week we look at them with great detail to see how our lineups are going to look both of us uh, on the injury report early this week I'm, I'm look like I'm trending in the right direction Sean still um, with uh, a strong cough, we're going to battle through today's episode for the listeners. So Sean, uh, myself and the listeners appreciate your, your uh, well into battle through for the cause.
3: Well, yeah, I mean, you got to go out there and and play if it's just a nick, right? So, of course, we're excited to get back to the show today. We still have so much to go over. And, and week 11 is looking like, you know, it could, it could be the week that, that really separate the contenders and the pretenders and so we're ready to get after we're still flying high off of some big week 10 results and so colin yeah let's let's get into it
1: yeah let's get into it and I, I joked about the kind of injury reports at the start but the amount of times i'm shocked so uh actually another behind the scenes uh topic it's my wife's birthday today so i know she won't be listening so happy birthday to her anyway but in terms of the information that i share with her Is usually about how my main event teams do outside of that i don't think she has (laughs) she cares but when we talk about injuries sometimes i'll mention this guy has had this injury and he's talking about playing like sometimes the nfl injury reports are the most amazing things in the world in terms of how bad an injury to a civilian would seem versus how they are trending towards playing at the weekend you know there's always these injuries where it's like I know Rob Gronkowski has missed a couple of weeks now but the original report with him was that he had I think you know broken like three ribs and had uh, I think he might had a partially punctured lung but he was hoping to play at the weekend so he's obviously missed a couple of weeks but the the reports are always uh, incredible but Sean players who did play this past weekend but their team didn't get into the end zone and it really limited them for fantasy points was seattle seahawks we did talk a little bit about russell wilson um on the show on tuesday but two of the wide receivers on that offense have been very very valuable fantasy producers over the last couple of seasons that is tyler lockett and dk metcalf you mentioned in your piece earlier this week that it, the time to buy tyler lockett and uh, redraft is now and the time to buy dk metcalf and dynasty uh, maybe right now as well one of the questions i guess i would say is around metcalf and Dynasty. Um, the you know, there may be a dip in price, but I don't know how much it, it will be. But in terms of both of those and the metrics around what we should be thinking about when heading to buy those guys, um, what what were some of the the key takeaways you you noted from this week?
3: Well, obviously Russell Wilson is back, and he didn't look very good, but he was willing to play it the way that he always plays it, right? I mean, he buys sometimes he attacks down the field to his major weapons. I think you have to think that his Finger is really still, you know, very messed up to not be excited about what these guys are going to do. Yeah, the Seahawks have problems on defense. They run an offense that really is predicated very heavily on Wilson, although Geno Smith played well in his absence and Geno actually pointed out, look, I'm good. I could start for an NFL team. And so, you know, in some ways you get a little bit of that contrast between different quarterback styles when you see the backup come in and move the offense fairly well, but do it in a very different fashion than Wilson does the thing we saw from Wilson again right away is that he's going to attack down the field to Tyler Lockett. Lockett had 183 air yards in this game, which was second only to Stephon Diggs. Now Diggs was a big storyline of the week, and it was extremely encouraging that they were able to get him back involved, right? To get those 208 yards to Diggs to make that vertical element a big part, you know, they were able to complete a lot of those, and so we see the Bills fix their issues. The Seahawks, they just have to convert some of these passes, right? You look at this Air Yards leaderboard for week 10. You see Diggs, Lockett, Hill, Jefferson, Marvin Jones, Deontay Johnson, DK Metcalf. And the thing that first jumps out to you is that between Diggs and then Lockett at 1-2, there's a 50-yard drop down to Tyreek Hill. So Tyler Lockett really stands out there. Has gotten a ton of volume. And then the other element is that the rest of these guys went on to very good days, with the exception of Marvin Jones. Now, Marvin Jones plays there with Trevor Lawrence, so we don't expect him to necessarily have a big day, even if he does have some volume. He's always one of those guys where you know he could. But with Marvin Jones, we both expect his actual big area days to be, uh, I don't know, few and far between is the right thing to say, but they're going to be inconsistent in this offense. And then even when they are there, we're pretty confident that most of them are not going to come through. The rest of this group, quite a bit different obviously Russell Wilson is not Trevor Lawrence and so when you see these big numbers in terms of the air yards and then you see the two catches on eight targets only 23 total yards we know that that's going to bounce back Tyler Lockett over the last three years has nine games with 25 or more fantasy points now because of the kind of threat that he is it does tend to be a little bit inconsistent you go in and you look at his chart on the site there in the NFL stat explorer and you see that there are a lot of weeks where he's a wide receiver three or worse but Partly that is just the way that some of this is going to work, right? And one of the reasons to have these top receivers, especially the top vertical receivers, is that you're going to play them all the time and you get their big games. And so I think there are some big games in the future for Lockett. His situation, too, I I just wanted to contrast a little bit different than that of Metcalf. Metcalf also shows up on the list, but he got a lot of his air yards on a 45-yard sort of virtual Hail Mary at the end of the first half. Lockett's were were more pure area yards from the perspective of those were plays within the flow of the game where they were trying to get him involved deep. So Lockett's someone that I'm not necessarily on. He wasn't somebody that we drafted at all. And so now I think we're into the situation where you could perhaps acquire him. His price at the beginning of the season was too high, in part because you just have other good options there, and in part because some of what's happened here in the Seattle offense we could have predicted. Now, maybe not the injury to Russell Wilson, but this inconsistency, the frustration when the air yards don't come through, the fact that the Seahawks are not an elite team at this point. But I think that prices will have adjusted to the point where now you have a guy who could go out and win you individual weeks. And especially if you have sort of a, a deep format where you want to have your fourth wide receiver as someone who could be a week winner as well, then Lockett becomes very interesting.
1: Yeah, Lockett's always been one of my um kind of I've always had a kind of a soft spot since he came into the league and he's always been a player I've liked. But over the last kind of probably two seasons, I would say, probably coinciding with Metcalf coming into that offense. Um I've leaned towards the Metcalf side a lot a lot more. And um Lockett was at one point like he would have been one of my most uh rostered players on my dynasty rosters, but um not on any of them at this current point in time. So you know, I've kind of moved off based on um, his age profile and, and some other things. But this past week, like, it's it's not going to be his typical line where he has a, you know, 25% catch rate. Um, There was some, you know, there was, you mentioned Russell Wilson's finger. There was a lot of questionable things that did happen in that game. I think that offense will get better here moving forward. It's going to have to get better if they're going to try and get into that playoff picture. But, yeah, um, both both interesting people to, to try and get on, your rosters the other players making the list this week are the guys like you mentioned that we we really like in terms uh, of of in ge- i guess in general terms and um, but also in terms of what they did this past week so in terms of air yards Diggs leads the way then we'd lock it then we had tyreek hill somebody we didn't touch on i know yourself and ben did touch on was justin jefferson as well then marvin jones deontay johnson and dk metcalf who we've already talked about I guess hitting on, on Jefferson, something I joked with you, um, I don't know, well, at this point there's still there's pain involved in it as well, even though I, I will say it's kind of in a joking manner, but that is Justin Jefferson. I also mentioned Jonathan Taylor, where it seems like both offenses decide in the first quarter we're going to get these guys going, give them opportunities. They're going to do really well with those opportunities, but then we're going to kind of shut them down until we need them in the fourth quarter again. So Justin Jefferson this past week, Started off really well, continued really well, had a really good day overall. Nine receptions off 11 targets, 143 receiving yards, 128 air yards. So everything looking pretty good for Justin Jefferson this past week and finished the day with 22.9 points. So exactly what we're hoping to see from him, pretty much exactly what we're hoping to see from Stefan Diggs. We're not going to get 162 yards every week, but are we starting to get into the realm where, these guys are really going to be the, the linchpins for us heading down the, the stretch here towards the fantasy playoffs.
3: Yeah, and one of the things that Blair had mentioned in his earlier article this week is that Thielen's volume had actually encroached upon Jefferson's role over the previous couple of weeks, and, and we know that Thielen's <laughs> going to score some touchdowns there. And so he had looked like a solid play Jefferson, you know, not really where we expected him. But then you know you look up and Jefferson is top 10 in fantasy scoring and really has a lot of upside as we go forward down the stretch here. I think this game that we saw this week again is more what the Vikings need to do. They need to take a look at what worked for them here in, in terms of a game where they won and upset a good but maybe faltering Los Angeles Chargers team. We have a little bit more about the Chargers that we'll discuss later. But this combination here and the heavy emphasis on Jefferson in this game allowed them to just look much better and more balanced on offense. When they have these two weapons working together, they talk all the time about needing to establish Dalvin Cook. After the previous week, we finally got a little bit of discussion coming out of Minnesota there about how they had to not forget that Justin Jefferson was their guy. And so, you know, anytime that you have these teams where kind of week to week to week, it's somebody else that they have to come out and say, look, we didn't involve this guy in the offense. It's like, what are you guys doing in your preparation? Right? And you have Dalvin Cook, you have Justin Jefferson. There should never be a case where you come in after the week and you're like, you know, we got to get them more involved. It's like, that's what your game plan should be every week. But it was good to see how effective they were in this one. You know, Kirk Cousins is just so limited in terms of arm talent that he probably can't take advantage of Jefferson the way some of their guys could. At the same time, you know, this is not one of those Carolina Panthers situations where you're gonna, you lose a DJ more because the quarterbacks are so completely and totally ineffective a little bit, even though the Taylor Heineke has looked good, and we've talked about him in a positive manner, you know, again, Terry McLaurin sort of losing some of his options in part because of quarterback play, in part because they don't have any weapons left to take uh, defensive attention away from him. The nice thing for Jefferson is even though Kirk Cousins is very, very mediocre, you do have Thielen to draw coverage. You do have Dalvin Cook to be sort of the defensive focal point. And the upside game to game when they remember what they have there is absolutely gigantic, right? I don't think it's impossible that we're going to see a 200-yard, three-touchdown game for Jefferson before this season is over. Obviously, that would be a massive game. Hopefully, we can make it to the fantasy playoffs and then get that during the stretch run, get all those points in there for the big contest. But Jefferson continuing to look very, very good. The variety of plays that he's making in these games, you know, he goes over the middle, makes those plays, goes long, is able to get free deep. He catches the ball short on a quick slant, is able to run with it. They have the back shoulder throws down the sideline where he turns his body, completely elevates, catches the ball, fades back, taps both feet down before he goes out of bounds. I mean, you just see the entire (sighs) everything that you could want from a wide receiver is there for Jefferson. It's just absolutely incredible to watch him on a week by week basis. You have the length, you have the size he's just a complete total mismatch with the arm length. And so you're getting everything that you want. They just have to remember that he needs to be a big part of the game plan. So I, I think that he's going to really put a push on and has that potential to finish. I mean, he's got a way to go to catch up now. I mean, you've established yourself sort of in the 17 point per game range, but I think he can make a push up towards those 20 point per game guys. We have this tier of wide receivers. that's over 20 points per game. And are really competing with the top running backs there i don't think it's impossible that jefferson uh, ascends at least close to that level as we watch down the stretch
1: yeah and I'm, I'm really hoping like i'm getting excited listening to that and to see where he, he can go if, I, I think if, like in this game 11 targets i think if they get him 10 11 targets a game that he is going to have a real um, strong finish here to the season and, and push for those numbers let's just hope that three touchdown game although i want it on my rosters they are playing the packers this week so we can like, you know, give, just give them a lot of yards this this week. We'll go for that again. But uh, looking forward to seeing what these guys do the rest of the way.
0: Hey, Rotoviz Radio listener. This is Curtis Patrick from the Dynasty Command Center podcast. And I've got a special deal for you today. Go to rotoviz.com, click the subscribe button, put the 12 month subscription in your cart and use promo code RVRADIO21. That's RVRADIO21. And you're going to save 10%.
1: Sean, a wide receiver that um, we did actually go, you know, there were some questions, and you, you said, you know, you talked me into it, that it was definitely the right start this past week. That was Devontae Smith. We have him on a few rosters. Elijah Moore had the, the big night on Thursday night football. So there's kind of more so on my side a question of just that final wide receiver spot. Do we go with Smith? Do we go with Elijah Moore? And uh, both obviously rookie options, but Smith over the last couple of weeks has. Um, really really flashed in a a big way Um, particularly just in the last last two games 12 targets coming his way my my fear with Smith is the targets obviously in the early season with uh, Elijah Moore we just got no targets really of any kind so then when he started to you know flash over the last couple of weeks it was it was an interesting you know kind of movement there but smith um while it's only 12 targets in those two games it is a 31 and a half percent target share so it just shows as well that the offense is not really doing a lot of passing but when they are passing there's a lot of it going smith's way um i think the eagles have improved in terms of their game planning over the, the last couple of weeks so i hope that does continue for smith's progression here but what are some of your your findings on smith um, over the season i guess but particularly over the last two weeks and although it is just the 12 targets it still is 12 very productive targets over those two weeks is is that sustainable on that volume or do we think that we need to still see the offense expand a little bit and uh, see hearts throw the ball a little bit more
3: yeah, I mean, you're going to need to see the offense throw the ball more, right? So, I mean, when you have a almost a 32% target share, when you have a 46% air share and your air yards are only at 203 for a two-game span, then you know that your team is not passing. I mean, this is a team, you go into the NFL pace tool, you see that they're at the very bottom in terms of passing rate when they're up seven, neutral, trailing by seven plus and so
1: we talked we talked about digs a second ago digs for example last week had 208 air yards in in one game
3: right and just in one game and so we can see the huge volume discrepancies here The, the problem is that when you're smith and you need to have this massive share just to get decent volume then i mean there's just such a thin margin here the flip side of it is that he looks fantastic now right and so one of the things again we talk about tyler lockett there's no question that tyler lockett will bounce back it's more your concern about the seahawks offense in general with smith you know we don't have that talent slash skill that combination baseline to say okay this guy is an elite guy in the league he's going to be elite for a long time anytime that he goes through a little bit of a dip we want to buy when you're a rookie, you don't have all of those things established, but you know he did have a fantastic score on Matt Spencer's prospect model. He's one of these guys where you know his Heisman season was truly extraordinary. Now he is a little guy, he is an older guy, but the things that we've seen him do already with the Eagles and the touchdowns in this game were an absolute thing of beauty. I and mean, his ability to separate, his ability to go up and get the ball is going to make him this Marvin Harrison type of player. And so then it's just a matter of, you know, well, are they going to have the quarterback play? Or are they going to have the volume? It's one of these situations where the Eagles have been effective the last month, but anytime that your pass rate is that low, it's hard to say that the coaching staff has much confidence in the quarterback, even though Jalen hurts has been good in a lot of ways. He's been fantastic for fantasy. He's way up at the top of the rankings there. And so the Eagles are going to kind of be put into this situation where you know there are good things and bad things about the qb and so i I think the hurts has to lead them to a strong finish to stay the starter i do think that if you're thinking about hurts for dynasty you probably can relax a little bit because if the eagles go in a different direction i think that will be a team that will be very eager to snap him up we've seen people going after teddy bridgewater going after sam darnold you know those guys have flashed at moments but for me there's really no contest between those players and jalen hurts and so i mean he's got an obvious future in the league it still looks like philadelphia's quarterback could be somebody different in 2022 and if that is the case then you're starting to look at smith as being one of these guys who suddenly is a a first or second round pick not a first round pick right but a, a top two round pick in terms of where he goes in a lot of dynasty formats because his upside over you know very large number of years is just so so high right so we look at this, you know, Smith was one of the guys who was popping as a buy low for us on a number of occasions throughout the season. His air conversion going into week nine was just down at 55% Over the last two weeks it's up at 90. You, know, you talked about sustainability, you know, with a target depth of almost 17 yards down the field, sustaining that kind of conversion rate is going to be difficult. Sustaining the target share is going to be difficult. All of these types of things at the same time, Even with how effective it's been, we know that the Eagles are going to have to pass more. The NFL just doesn't give you that many games where you can do what they've been doing and what the Detroit Lions did in the rain this past week, right? You just have to pass the ball. So that'll open things up. That'll give him some more chances. That'll help his floor. Uh, Smith, one of these guys, it's been a ton of fun to watch. It'll be interesting to follow his fantasy development down the stretch of the season. But yeah, I mean, this Eagles team, kind of interesting, joked a lot in the zero RB watch this week that we're getting you know solid play from the running backs but the running backs you know Boston Scott Jordan Howard both of those guys extremely impressive numbers in terms of yards per attempt this last week but basically all low value touches right and so not only were we run heavy but we were run heavy in a way where it didn't even benefit the running backs because the high value touches in this game more or less didn't exist Smith wiped out these touchdowns before they got in there close and so the Eagles, one of those teams were really across the board from a fantasy perspective. Anytime a team runs the ball, the way that they're doing, you know, kills the clock, limits the plays, you know, you're going to be hard pressed to have any confidence in any of the guys. And then unfortunately, Dallas Goddard went out of this game early, made it so that the passing options they had were even more limited. So the, the Eagles, a turkey team column, where are you on these? guys? I mean, do you think you can play any of these running backs that they have now? The latest news this morning is that Miles Sanders has been designated for return. When he gets back, you will know, we'll have even more of a traffic jam there in the backfield where you now Jordan Howard, he's always been somebody who in a good offense could be successful. Boston Scott has impressed Kenny Gainwell kind of falling off, but still probably has a future as the receiving back. And then Sanders, you know, coming off of a little bit of a disappointing stretch for him. The Eagles team, you just almost have to take them all out of your lineup and just forget it
1: yeah no i i feel that way and the one thing i would mention just on on smith is like i i think is obviously is percentage of targets is going to drop off for the team's target share but the actual target number will likely increase and um, some of the game scripts won't play out to the effect that this one did where they were able to pretty much run the ball all game long and, and didn't really have to pass so i think there'll be some uh, offenses coming up here which will will force them into passing it a little bit more and i think that's not good probably for the eagles um you know as a an offense i think they don't want to pass it too many times at all but um i still think uh, we're in for a, a very good finish to his rookie season Um you mentioned the backfield and it's kind of you know 15 years ago you have one running back in the backfield we we are very confident they're going to get all can all the work then we go into two backfields and we have committees and and things like that we have some offenses this year where it's like there's five possible options to get like four carries each per game and the eagles now at the moment feel like that we had at the start of the season i think the texans kind of laid the blueprint for this with all the running backs that they had assembled and um, we're seeing it now with a couple of different backfields but yeah i think um i would imagine if you've drafted Miles sanders where you drafted him and he comes back in, you're probably going to want to slot him back into the lineups but in terms of the other guys unless you're in a really desperate situation i i I think it's very hard it's, it's been really disappointing to see how the season started for Gainwell and how it's really fallen off like it has really fallen off so he was the one in this backfield that i had hoped for um the opportunities in the off season and then heading into the season but you know after probably we uh, there was i can't remember which week that he had the kind of the big reception game um since that it's really kind of disappeared off um altogether so it's impossible, in my opinion, really to trust trust that backfield. um Sean, something I did want to touch on: um, there's a couple of running backs that are probably implement, uh, implicated here. We don't have to touch on them all, but uh, you did note in it as well. And we're not going to dive into the officiating conversation again. But on Monday, you did note about the officiating around the NFL and how some of the calls are happening. One that really had a big swing this past week was the Ryan Tannehill roughing the passer penalty it really fit into the bucket of the rough in the pasture calls that we talked about maybe three weeks ago on the show but for me definitely not a penalty but there was a number of different penalties in this game that did eliminate um, certain plays but we had Devontae foreman who was somebody who we talked about you know as a possible option i know you and ben talked a lot about him i know he's somebody that davis uh, maddock likes as well so um he was in there with peterson in there so that backfield was up for grabs kind of with the situation around derrick henry but the question mark then really goes into how losing henry is affecting this offense and not only losing henry but it looked like julio jones was going to eventually be healthy um he was off the injury report unfortunately then picked up an injury ended up on ir so you're losing out on the two of them at the same time and while julio hasn't been anything like his old self still um you know May help the offense in general. So we've seen AJ Brown have a relatively disappointing game for himself with just the four targets. We also seen on the, the far side of that, the Saints missing out on Alvin Kamara, which led to Mark Ingram getting some opportunities. And he's always been somebody that I think since the start of this podcast, Sean, that we've kind of thought was probably finished, but showed some flashes in in this particular one. What was your thoughts on on those? I know I mentioned a lot of players there, but I guess my my thoughts is on the, the backfield for the Titans, how A.J. Brown is going to look the rest of the season, and then uh, is there any need to pick up somebody like Ingram?
3: Well, I mean, Ingram, I am assuming, is rostered everywhere. It's that question of whether or not you can play him with any confidence. And definitely when Alvin Kamara is out, and hopefully Kamara was back, they've been pretty uh, mysterious about that injury which hopefully means it's just not that big of a deal it's not going to be something that maybe is minor and yet chronic or minor and yet uh nagging like i mean obviously the michael thomas injury can no longer be in any way shape or form considered minor it wasn't expected to be the problem that it has turned into ingram yeah i mean he's kind of been the guy that we're always off of always selling for a long time now that actually hasn't mattered right because he has not been a relevant fantasy back and yet he comes into this one more or less didn't do the things that they needed and so you know in the first half here they really struggled to move the ball and uh, the absence of kamara is absolutely glaring It, it was impressive though that ingram is able to make a couple of those plays late right he gets 108 yards from scrimmage. He catches four passes. He scores a touchdown. Most of his pressure came just on the two sort of big plays. He had the 13-yard touchdown run where the Seas kind of parted. He sprints in there. He was able to at least get through the line, which is important to do. You have to have that vision hit that hole hard. Then he had a 34-yard reception later. He's not been used a lot like that recently. Uh, this wasn't actually his highest volume game of the season. That came in week one where he had 26 touches with the Texans, but all 26 of those were carries, Those are going to be low-value carries. And so being back in New Orleans is helping him a lot. The thing I'll say for Mark Ingram is that he is better than Leonard Fournette, so we have to at least give him that. The other side of the equation here with the Titans, yeah, this Deontay Foreman versus Adrian Peterson battle, these guys combined for 19 carries. They're both held under three yards per attempt. Uh, We've been telling you on the pods and on the site to buy – Foreman and not waste the money on or consider starting Adrian Peterson. Now, this is always one where you know you could be wrong, but Adrian Peterson has been out there when these other guys uh, that the Ravens signed <laughs> were taken instead. Le'Veon Bell now released by the Ravens, and so well, these guys are done, right? Adrian Peterson is not the guy that he was back when he was an impact player, or even when he was a mildly viable player in more recent seasons now he did get a couple of touches down close so Peterson was the guy who was lined up in the backfield on Ryan Tannehill's sneak he also had actually a catch from the one yard line which you know I don't know if the Titans have really poured over his film from the past Adrian Peterson catching the ball is not the way that you want to deploy him probably not the best play down there at the goal line but overall foreman the guy who popped again after peterson struggled in the first week in henry's absence foreman was one of the biggest free agent pickups last week but still someone who you could potentially get right so a couple of weeks now uh he was a good buy we'll have to see what they do with him he had a 39 yard fourth quarter reception that set up the field goal that gave them the winning margin it was a a big impressive play the type of play where you, know, you think okay the following week he's going to be even more involved he had the carry edge in this one. He looks like the guy, but one of these things is just it reinforces how good Derrick Henry is, right? If the Titans weren't going to have Darrington and Evans, and I mean, Evans may just never be an NFL player. He, he has health issues that are so perpetual that it, it just may never work out for him. But there's not another back that allows them to do the things that they were going to do. And so, you know, this idea that our mentality is not going to change. That's, that's more or less impossible, right? Over the last two weeks, Ryan Tannehill's target depth has cratered the threat of play action, which has turned him into such a dynamic quarterback since moving to Tennessee. That's no longer really there. I mean, you you don't have to worry about these guys the way that you would have to worry about and focus on and deploy so many resources to stop Derrick Henry and so as a result you know his performance has really gone down and we saw in this one that AJ Brown you know you mentioned the four targets it was unfortunate because he was uncovered on a play down by the goal line they tried to get the ball to him there but were called for a procedure penalty because you know one of the things if you have a lot of shift involved in the pre-snap then you, you, you can't just snap it right you, you've got to get all those guys set again so that unfortunately didn't come to fruition that would have at least balanced out the rest of his week a little bit. A.J. Brown is going to bounce back. Ryan Tannehill is going to bounce back. They've played a couple of very good teams in this stretch. The Titans overall, you know, still look like a Super Bowl contender. But they're a Super Bowl contender with some serious warts, right? I mean, this team is just not going to be nearly the same on offense. You mentioned Julio Jones. He goes on IR. The overall talent here on offense now is very, very low. And so it's going to be a battle for them as they fight for the number one seed in the AFC with the Bills and the Chiefs, and now you know both for the good and the bad. I mean, it's the the evil empire, but it's also the storyline that people want. The New England Patriots now looking very, very good, and with Mac Jones in charge, I mean they're they're much easier to root for now.
2: Yeah,
1: and um, we mentioned that on one of the the recent shows. They they tend to be, and um, they they are starting to surge their way up the the rankings. But as I as I mentioned um, on a previous show. The season week to week seems to be very inconsistent. There's lots of changes happening, so we'll see. I'm sure there'll be a number of uh, upsets, a number of surprises this coming week. But at the moment, it seems like a, a battle of attrition across the NFL to see who can can stay healthy the longest and and rack up those W's as they, they head towards the playoffs. That's going to take us Sean to the end of the Thursday show here as we um soar towards Week 11. Um, hopefully. People will have the outcomes they are hoping for on, on Thursday night. If we have players involved, you mentioned the Patriots, they will be up against the Falcons. As always, drop us a written interview on your favorite podcast app. We do appreciate that greatly. And if you are looking to sign up for a Rotoviz NFL pass, get access to all of the content and tools, including all of Sean's work and Blair's work and, and the whole crew over there. Um, sign up using the code RVRadio2021 and get yourself a 10% discount. To a his NFL pass or go to rotaviz.com forward slash podcast for further information. That's going to take us to the end of today's show. My name is Colin Kelly. You can follow me on Twitter. Add over to martin My co host is Sean Siegel. Check out Sean up on rotaviz.com and of course on Stadium Bananas along with Ben Gretz as well. And until we're back on Saturday with another episode, have a good one. Thank you for listening to Overtime and RotoViz Radio. Please rate and review the RotoViz Radio podcast on iTunes or your favourite podcast app. You can contact us via email at rotovizradio at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at Radio. And remember, you can always support the pod by subscribing to RotoViz with a discount through the RotoViz Radio homepage, rotoviz.com forward slash podcast.